In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Quite frankly, I've never been totally confident of how to pronounce the protagonist of our first reading. It's probably supposed to be Elisha to match with Elijah, but you just might hear the lector at Mass call him Elisha. Either way, our first reading is taken from the fourth chapter of 2 Kings, and in that chapter we're given a collage of Elisha's extraordinary deeds. He fills empty jars with oil, proclaims the childless couple will have a son, then raises that same son from the dead, and takes poison out of food. The fourth chapter of 2 Kings concludes with the final miracle of the collage, and this is what we have for our first reading. A man brings 20 barley loaves to Elisha, and with it, 100 people are able to eat, and there's even leftovers. Now, good luck to the lecture at Mass this weekend trying to pronounce where this man came from. It's Baal Shalisha, not exactly a household name. But what's interesting about this Baal Shalishaite, if I can say that, is that he brings the loaves of bread to Elisha, the man of God. Normally, the bringing of first fruits was brought to the priests. Elisha was not a priest, but rather a prophet and a miracle worker, and we're not told why this man does this. The quote that Elisha mentions in the story when he says, For thus says the Lord, they shall eat, and there shall be some left over, is not a direct quote anywhere from the Bible. But here, Elisha is likely paraphrasing the experience of the Israelites in the desert, when the manna fell such that there was leftovers for the Sabbath days. There's not too much to be said about our second reading this weekend, a passage from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. But we're going to try anyway. In the second verse, Paul lists a sort of catalog of virtues, which was a common practice of the time. He says, I urge you to live with all humility and gentleness, with patience. Truth be told, humility and gentleness were not virtues to be prized at the time of St. Paul. In fact, a good portion of the society considered humility and gentleness to be vices that one should avoid. We're seeing the counterculturalness of the Christian way as Paul puts forward these virtues to emulate. In addition, our passage really is all about unity. In it, Paul lists seven different ones. They are, in order, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. It's as if Paul is saying, another one and another one, and so on. Although we've been hearing from St. Mark's Gospel ever since the weekend after Corpus Christi, we take a break from Mark now to hear from St. John's Gospel for the next handful of weekends. Our passage sets the stage for what we know famously as the Bread of Life Discourse. It's the first 15 verses of this famous sixth chapter of John. Our passage for this weekend is the only miracle, other than, one could say, the resurrection, which occurs in all four Gospels. It's the feeding of the multitude. There are details here that John includes that should remind us of both Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, as well as of the Exodus event. First, you'll notice that John tells us there was a great deal of grass in that place. Some see this as an allusion to Psalm 23, which says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. That Jesus instructs everyone to recline, some contend, also echoes the part of the psalm which says, you set a table before me. The allusions to the Exodus event, however, are much more explicit. Near the beginning of the passage, we're told that the Jewish feast of Passover was near. Passover, of course, was the big annual observation of the Exodus. 
Furthermore, Jesus is described as the prophet who should come, recalling when Moses said in Deuteronomy, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kindred. And lastly, when Jesus says, Gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted, this too can be seen as an image of Moses, who charged the Israelites to pick up the leftover manna lest it rot, which it did. We should also talk about a detail that John includes in the story that the other three gospel writers do not, the fact that the loaves of bread are barley loaves. It's, of course, a parallel with the first reading in which the man from Baal Shalisha brings 20 barley loaves. But you see, barley was the bread of the lower class because it was cheaper than wheat. It was less tasty, more difficult to digest, and less nutritious. It was, simply put, the bread of the poor. But it's this bread the bread of the poor, that Jesus multiplies. Finally, we should conclude by saying that picnicking wasn't really a thing in Jesus' time. People wouldn't have brought a meal with them to eat on the mountainside because places in between towns and villages were treacherous and filled with robbers and highwaymen. Just think of the story of the Good Samaritan. So the fact that they didn't bring any food with them is not all that surprising. Sitting down on a mountainside to eat would have made oneself more vulnerable. But as we see once again, As in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.